Hello, everyone. I'm Cheryl Musial, and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, Seeing the Possibilities, Eye Health and Independence for Older Adults, we are joined by Care Patrol brand president and former ophthalmic technician, Becky Bongiovanni. Well, hello, Becky. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, Cheryl, and thank you for having me. Becky, I understand that taking care of our eyes should be a priority, just like eating healthy and physical activity, especially for older adults with low vision. So why is eye health so important, especially as one ages? It's a really great question. You know, your eyes are the window to your soul and also to your health. Many times diseases that are within our body can be picked up from a simple routine eye exam. Things like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, high cholesterol, uh, vascular disease, cancer, and so much more. And really, once we reach the age of 40, we should really be having an annual routine eye exam. It is critical to catching and treating diseases early. Uh, I think our mothers said this to us when we were growing up, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that sure is true. Our bodies were not meant to last forever, but by being proactive, we can actually delay the disease process in our bodies. So, you know, why is eye health so important? Well, our ultimate goal here is to reduce our odds of losing our vision and becoming blind. And why is that so important? Because 80% of what we perceive comes from our visual senses. That's a huge percentage. Um, You know, our sense of sight is responsible for most of the information that we absorb. We are visual beings and even our sleep schedules are affected by the light we see. The majority of our brain is engaged in processing visual information. And so when we are unable to see or challenged and have visual impairments, we are more likely to experience restrictions in our independence, in our mobility. Um, even our educational achievement. And especially as it relates to older adults, this can be an increased risk of falls, fractures, injuries, poor mental health, cognitive deficits, and social isolation. Um, None of us want to have to deal with that. So eye health is really critical to maintaining our independence, which is something we're all striving for because we're all on that aging journey. So Uh, I want to kind of pose a question to you. Did you realize that your eyes are the only organs in your body that are exposed? Think about it. Your heart, your lungs, your liver, your kidneys, they're all protected, these major important organs. And we've got two eyes, thankfully, uh, but they're exposed. They're right out there. So it's so important. um, All the more reason to take good care of them. Becky, you are so right. I I just never thought of that before. And um, so thank you for sharing that. You know, you mentioned, you know, about the impacts of visual health and the lack of vision. So what are some of those common eye disorders and diseases that impact older adults? Well, I'll tell you, the most common by far is cataracts. And actually, it's it's odd to say this in the year 2022, but cataracts are still the leading cause of blindness in the world. Now, not in the United States, thankfully, because we um, have access to uh, medicine that a lot of the rest of the world doesn't have access to. Um, And cataracts are really part of the normal aging process. Um, It's really uh, when the natural lens of your eye um, starts to become thick and cloudy as we age. 
and it happens gradually over time. So it sort of sneaks up on you. You, you don't really realize you're having a problem until it becomes a problem. And uh, it makes your vision blurry uh, and cloudy. It's like looking through a, a foggy lens. And the most common side effects uh, that people have with cataracts, uh, one of the big problems is having trouble differentiating colors. Um, you know, have, if you have a, a, a someone in your family who's had cataracts, you might have noticed that they used to maybe be able to put colors together really well. And at some point, it was hard to determine the navies from the blacks or even some of the greens from the blacks uh, because your vision gets really cloudy. And uh, so people are wondering why you're wearing miscolored clothes. Um, or uh, a lot of times after cataract surgery, when cataracts are removed, patients will say, I had no idea my house was so dirty. I can see dust everywhere, but they weren't able to see it before. Um, so having poor night vision is also a problem with cataracts, sensitivity to bright light, you know, oncoming headlights, it can be really debilitating that glare you can't see, it's dangerous. So the good news is cataracts are really easily treated here in the United States and they're paid for by medical insurance, which is so wonderful. So there's really been amazing advances to cataract surgery, including you can replace the natural lens in your eye with a refractive lens. So you no longer have to wear glasses on the outside. Your glasses are now on the inside of your eye. How cool is that? Now that's gonna cost you a little extra to have a corrective lens but it's well worth the investment if you're somebody that wears glasses all the time. All right, the next one I wanna talk about is age-related macular degeneration. Uh, if you see it written, it's usually called ARMD. And what in the world is macular degeneration? Well, there's a part of your retina, the very, uh, it's a very centralized part of, your, of our retina called the macula. And it's a part of the retina that is responsible for our central vision. So the macula allows you to see color and fine details. It's so important. You know, it's that 80% of that visual stimulation that we talk about. It allows us to read, to drive, to recognize faces. And so when uh, you have macular degeneration where that macula begins to degenerate, it, you will get visual distortions. Uh, straight lines can start looking bent. Um, it can be difficult to see out of one or both eyes and you can have a hard time recognizing faces like the middle of the face, right? Is a little blurry. Um, so you have that central part of your vision that's just blurry. And there's two different types of macular degeneration. There's the dry kind, and then there's the wet kind and wet means it's bleeding, which can be even more problematic. It means it can spread much quicker. So um, those who are uh, of Caucasian background are really the most susceptible to having macular degeneration, having a family history of it. And also if you're a smoker, that can increase your chances of having macular degeneration. There's really no cure for macular degeneration. So the best thing to do is take care of your health, which it always goes back to that, right? So stop smoking, eat healthy, have a diet that, that where you're eating foods that are rich in antioxidants like green leafy vegetables, exercising. The National Eye Institute also recommends that you take supplements um, that contain omega-3s and lutein and zeaxanthin. Uh, these have also, studies have shown that these uh, supplements have also been shown to decrease the risk of macular degeneration. And next is glaucoma. You know, glaucoma is called the silent thief of sight because many times there are no symptoms until irreversible damage has occurred. And there's really two types of glaucoma. 
Uh, there's open angle glaucoma and angle closure glaucoma. So angle closure glaucoma is where um, the angles in your eyes close and it can happen immediately and it can become a very urgent and critical situation. And when that happens, you have a, a lot of pain in your eyes, tremendous pain. You start to see halos or rainbows and you're very light sensitive. And so you need to have immediate treatment to relieve the pressure. Um, but the most common type is the open angle glaucoma. And this is where it can kind of sneak up on you because uh, what happens is your angles in your eye are open that allow the fluid to go through, but there's still a buildup of pressure and it happens gradually. So you're not, you don't really know it's happening. And over time, that pressure will start to press on the very sensitive fibers of your optic nerve. And when you lose those off optic nerve fibers, you cannot get those back. They're gone forever. So, um, the best treatment for that are eye drops. Your doctor will recommend eye drops to help lower the pressure. Um, they like to keep the pressure under a certain amount and it's different for everybody, depending on what's going on in their eye and what type of glaucoma they have. So, um, when you lose your optic nerve fibers, this will actually cause loss of peripheral vision. So um, it can become very dangerous for driving and you can get at the end stage of glaucoma is like tunnel vision. You're looking through a tiny little tunnel. Um, so glaucoma affects about 3 million Americans and that's expected to double by 2050. Um, and while anyone can get glaucoma, African and Mexican Americans over the age of 40 and anyone with a family history are at higher risk. And again, there's no cure for glaucoma. So early detection is uh, imperative to slowing the progression. The best way to prevent glaucoma is to have an annual eye exam. And the last one uh, that I'm going to mention is diabetes. Now diabetes, we have an epidemic of diabetes in the United States and diabetes can wreak havoc on many things in your body, but it also affects your vision. And diabetic retinopathy is the leading cause of blindness in the United States. But you know, the good news is that vision loss from diabetes is 100% preventable. A lot of people don't realize that. Diabetes can cause blood vessels in your eyes, in the back of your eye to leak and bleed. And if left uncontrolled, it will cause permanent vision loss. So similar to glaucoma, you don't have any symptoms really until you start to have the symptoms, it may be too late. So the best way to treat that diabetes, if you're a diabetic or even a pre-diabetic or you're not, but you have a family history, you should have a regular eye exam every year to be checking the back of your eye, a dilated eye exam. So the doctor can check out those blood vessels and uh, catch anything early because there are some surgeries and treatments that can be done early on to prevent that vision loss, as well as seeing your regular doctor, having proper management of your weight, your blood sugars, blood pressure, and cholesterol management. Oh my goodness, Becky, this has been such wonderful information to know. Uh, you know thank you so much for sharing this. It helped me understand a little bit. I would like to know what is the difference between vision loss in low vision. It's uh, that it, that's a term that kind of confuses people. Um, so sometimes when uh, there's different levels of blindness is what I should say, there's different levels of visual impairment. So total blindness is the complete lack of light perception. 
You can't, it's just black, lights out, completely blind. And thankfully, few people today are totally blind. 85% of individuals with eye disorders usually have some form of remaining sight, and the other 15% are totally blind. So when you go to the eye doctor, they always measure your visual acuity. They do that by having you read an eye chart. And the goal is when you're reading that eye chart, they'll put lenses in front of your eye to try and improve it so you can actually see the bottom line, which is 20-20, and that's considered optimal vision. However, when people have visual loss, um, they cannot always be corrected to 20-20. So um, some people can read the 2070 line. That's the best they can be corrected. Some people can just see the big E, which is 2400, and that's the best that they can be corrected. So it's not lights out, it's not blind, but it's considered low vision. You just can't see everything to be able to function uh, like you would like to. So it's all about functionality when it, when we're talking about low vision. And um, it's confusing because the, uh, the federal government, right, to help people uh, qualify for benefits, they have a term out there called legal blindness, which is a little confusing, right? But being legally blind doesn't mean you can't see necessarily, but it means that you are, you have a certain level that you're functioning at. Uh, for example, in the United States, you have to be able to see in one eye uh, at least 2040 or better to drive. So if both of your eyes can only be corrected to 2050 or 2060, you may not be legal to drive. And so you may qualify for some, some uh, benefits perhaps, right, for, and vision devices. Okay, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So this thinking forward about older adults and low vision, how does it really, how do you think it really impacts them? Well, it's, it's really, it can be dehabilitating when you've been able to do many things with that 80% of that visual stimulation that, that we rely on. So the biggest things that, the biggest by far that it impacts is driving. Uh, people are not able to drive anymore. And um, it also could affect with being able to recognize faces as we talked about with macular degeneration. And of course, if you're somebody who has macular degeneration and glaucoma and you have damage from both, that's your central vision and your peripheral vision. So you're very limited, right, on what you can see. Um, so that means if you like, if you used to do needlework, you know, really seeing those fine details, you might not be able to do that anymore. Uh, and this can cause, uh, you know, depression and isolation. Um, it can really directly impact your health, your life expectancy. Um, it can cause problems just, you know, managing your medications or simply walking down the stairs or even stepping off a sidewalk onto the, onto the street can be really dangerous. Um, so it really does change your lifestyle and you're going to need to get some help from people and from resources. But thankfully, there's, there's resources out there. Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Becky. So when you think about caregivers, what are a couple things that caregivers should really be aware of? Yeah, I would say pay attention uh, to the signs and also to what your the person you're caring for is saying, especially if they're a family member. You know, um, in families, we have a bad habit of not paying attention to our family members because we hear their complaints all the time and we sort of brush it off. But when you're a caregiver, you have to put on your caregiver hat. You can't think of yourself as the family member anymore and you have to pay attention. So if there's if there are new complaints um, of not being able to see things, things are blurry, light sensitivity, pay attention to those complaints and then watch because sometimes people don't complain. They just 
make adjustments. They're very good, right? We're all very good at adjusting because we're independent. We don't want to ask for help. So if somebody is walking hesitantly, you can see they're not sure where to put their feet. Um, maybe they're walking in from the outside into a room and that adjustment of the light, it takes a while. It can be difficult to see, or maybe they're having trouble seeing contrast. And so it might be confusing for them. They might walk in the wrong direction or not know where they're going. Um, if you're seeing that your loved one is not able to recognize faces anymore, uh, that's a sign that there's a change in their vision. You know, fear of falling, holding on to things as, as you're walking, making mistakes, uh, maybe with simple tasks that you used to be able to do, like your medications or writing checks, uh, keeping your appointments. You know, you maybe wrote them down, but you can't see what you wrote down. You know, all of those activities of daily living that we all do, reading, writing, um, painting, it could be for some people, or sewing, right? The, all these things uh, are now changing. And so we need to pay attention to that. And the best thing to do is see the eye doctor. And of course, if it's anything that's urgent, like uh, pain in the eye, extreme light sensitivity, if you're seeing flashes of light all of a sudden, uh, this could be as simple as dry eyes, but it could also be as serious as a retinal detachment. So you need to pay attention to those complaints. And I would say, call the eye doctor first. A lot of the especially ophthalmic eye doctors have emergency after hours. Uh, sometimes you can waste time going to the emergency room because the eye is so specialized. They don't know how to treat it in the emergency room. And it might be better just to reach out to your eye doctor first. Mm, those are really good tips. And, you know, when I think about like maintaining the independence, because you've mentioned quite a few things that can be impacted with low vision, how can caregiver help support that older adult to maintain as much independence as possible? I think that it's all about attitude. You know, it's sort of like the glass half full or half empty. You've got to just embrace where you're at. You can't be mad of, of how you got here, right? Because we've talked a lot about prevention today, but what if you're somebody who you didn't, you weren't preventative and now you're in this situation? Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat your family member up, okay? You're here. This is where you are. But the good news is there's a lot of resources out there and there's still a lot of life to be had and you can enjoy life and you should still uh, things that you used to enjoy find ways to do them differently or find another hobby don't just give up um, and so the best thing you can do is you know be supportive help help that person with a positive mentality and a can-do-it mentality and then also think about how can you help them stay independent in their home for as long as they can right because that's the goal as long as they're safe as long as it's not causing a problem sometimes it's just simple changing the lights so that uh, it reduces the glare uh, making sure you have better contrast in the house if you can have hallways that are are really wide and clear and maybe it's a lighter color so that people can see where they're going that have low vision. Um, that's tremendously helpful. You could even um, put some duct, some little rows so they can kind of see the contrast between the light, maybe the light white background and a dark duct tape, as long as it's not tripping anybody, right? You want to make sure it's really laid down good. So creating those walking paths, having contrasting colors. So maybe having uh, couches or chairs that are really a brighter color that it's easier for, for that person to see. Think about, uh, you know, cooking food. So if you're chopping stuff on a cutting board, you might want to say, okay, if you're using, here's where your onions are, you're going to use a darker cutting board for that. So there's contrast, right? If you're chopping apples, here's a white 
uh, a white cutting board. So just simple things like that, towels in the bathroom. I mean, those little things make a difference. And then having like a tactile system to help people navigate, you know, let helping them, uh, you, there's different things you can put felt or uh, they sell little pop-up buttons that you can put on things so that as you're walking past, you can feel and you can say, okay, this is where I have, this is where, this is my cup because it has the felt on the outside of it. Um, so think about ways you can do that. Look for uh, magnification devices. There's so many out there and, and think of big, as big as you can get it. There's lots of, you can find calendars, clocks, remote controls, big, huge playing cards. If somebody enjoyed playing cards, um, and if you're writing to an older adult, um, I would use email, don't use a written letter or print it out and use like 16 font, um, at least maybe even 20. So think bigger. Um, there's lots of stuff. There's lots of resources out there, uh, to help you. Well, th these are some amazing things to think about. I never would have thought about the felt on a cup. So that's, that's really cool. <laughs> you know, when you think about, um, moving into like, as a person ages, what are some questions that they should ask their physician regarding their vision? Well, after your eye exam, if it's not clear to you what the results of your eye exam were ask, and I would say, make sure that you have someone with you if you're not good at remembering all the details or you're not good at asking the questions and you know that about yourself, bring along a friend who is good at asking the questions and who, and maybe you can determine some of those questions ahead of time. So if you forget, they're there to help you. Um, but ask, you know, what, what am I, what are my vision problems? What did you see from the eye exam today? And if they tell you, right, ask what, what those things mean, what does, what's, what, what are the prognosis with these things in my eyes, right? Whatever the diagnoses are, what do I need to do? How, how is that going to change my lifestyle? What are the symptoms that I'm experiencing? What do they mean? You know, how often do I need to um, monitor my health? How often should I be coming back? And what what are the things that I can do? What are what are the treatment options options that you're recommending to me? But what are the things that I can do to maintain my health as well? Okay, very good. Um, also, Becky, can you recommend a few resources for healthy aging? And of course, if you have low vision living the best quality of life. Absolutely. There are a lot of great resources out there. Um, there are low vision specialists all over the United States. And you can, um, if you can't get on the computer, you can have somebody do it for you, or you could probably call information to find a low vision specialist in your area. And it's what's wonderful is they can really work with you. They can uh, help you with sort of like a rehabilitation to learn how to respond to your new lifestyle. And what are some of the supportive services in place uh, that you could take advantage of. Also Amazon, I know everybody shops on Amazon nowadays. They have a lot of magnifiers, reading aids, special keyboards that you could get. Um, Audible is a really great program. I mean, a lot of people use Audible, whether they have vision problems or not. But you know, if you're somebody who enjoyed reading, now you can uh, still enjoy those books and someone else reads them to you. And of course, the National Library Service has had a talking book library service for years now. And it's free to people who have temporary or permanent low vision, blindness, or reading disability. You need to have a doctor's uh, prescription to, to be able to get these services. And they even have braille books too. So they, there's there are things that are available to you at no cost as well. 
And so joining, I would recommend join a low vision support group. It's going to provide a wonderful sense of community and you're going to learn things from other people and how they've adapted. Um, it's going to be really supportive for you. And also think about um, organizations like the National Federation of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind. They have chapters all over the United States and they ha have a wealth of program services and resources near you. Peggy, this has been so informative. I just want to say thank you for joining us today and sharing this important insight. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I think uh, we're all on this journey together. I'm happy to share the knowledge. To view resources, show notes, and access more My Care Advisors episodes, visit mycareadvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this quote. Everyone has two eyes, but no one has the same view. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.